It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I am Brother L.D. Azobra. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. Today we decided to take a trip across the river and we decided to go on a false river. We out here in Pointe-Capie, Paris with one of the, not just a legend, pioneer, innovator, artist, uh, salesman, businessman, more importantly, an ambassador for the state of Louisiana. And we appreciate having him here today. Welcome to Count Time, Mr. Hendrick Watson. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. When you hear his story, you're going to be amazed, not surprised, because as you all know, these are the kind of people we keep on this show to keep things going, to keep it fresh, keep it new. We'd like to send a shout out all the way to L.A., Los Angeles, California, to Miss Veronica Sheely, one of our patrons, legacy maker. We'd like to thank you for being the first to sign up as our one of our legacy makers. We'd like to thank you so much. You've always been very encouraging, very supportive, and also you're keeping us honest by giving us a lot of great feedback. So we'd like to thank you, Ms. Veronica Sheely, for being one of our legacy makers. We'd like to encourage all now to step up and to be one of our legacy makers by going to Smart Brother Media and signing up as one of our patrons. Thank you all, but thank you, Miss Veronica Sheely. Tell us a little bit about Henry Watts, because I, I, I don't well, know where to start <laughs> Well, welcome, welcome again. And you couldn't have picked a better time and a better place to come than on this great city of New Rose on the beautiful Falls River. So welcome, and we're glad you're here. Oh, thank you. Now, I'll just tell you a little bit. I'm Henry Watson, woodcarver. For 43 years, I've been capturing people's history and life once Upon a time, you remember that once upon a time. Upon a time right. Well, people all got a story, and what you see today is not necessarily what was here a hundred years ago. I like to capture what was here a hundred years ago, and what got me to that point, what got me to that point is I had a grandmother, and she died at 92, 92. and the life she lived became my story, and I became telling her testimony. So you think about that for so, a second. Hold on, hold on. Telling your grandmother testimony. Yes, because she lived during the time. She lived during the time, and I can tell you so many stories about that because it's passionate to me. You know, when I was sit with her, and we would talk about the things she did as a little girl, and as she grew up in the little country town of Blanks, Louisiana. Ooh. Blanks, Louisiana. So that's, that's, just, so that's, so that's, just, just like it said, blank. So that, that's for real. That's for real. <laughs> and if you blank, you, <laughs> you went gonna, through. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. no, no, you got to tell us where is that located, situated? Well, at? Blanks is, believe it or not, is in between Livonia and Lottie. And most people say, where is Lottie? <laughs> okay. So Livonia, Livonia, most people know of it on the highway because we got two red lights. But the little town of Blanks is right past Livonia about not even five miles, is a lyric called Blanks, Louisiana. And back in the day, the Greyhound buses used to stop there. You had a lot of people live there in the little town of Blanks because okay. they had a sawmill and everything. So a lot of people went to that area to work. They came from everywhere to work at these sawmills. We're talking about back in the day. So that's how these little communities got started. And people lived up and down there until time came and then people end up 
moving off and moving out, got better jobs, and then next thing you know, there's only a few people now live in an area called oh, Blanks, okay, you know? So most people say, well, where's that? But I'm telling that story because my grandmother well, lived it there. Who was, who, now what was her name? Her name was Eldora Williams. But here's the fact, Eldora Hatch Williams, because a lot of the Hatch families still live through Blanks and Lottie. So I always put that in because when you start saying, oh, I don't know any William, but you say Hatch, you say, oh, wait, we know some Hatch that live in Lottie. All of this is part of that same family. And my grandmother, back in those days, she would, uh, they would pick moss off the trees. And I used to hear all that story. I said, picking moss? I heard of picking cotton, but picking moss. See? She said, yeah, we picked it moss and, and cured the moss by hanging out to dry. And they would take the moss and make pillows and mattress. Even the Ford company, back when they had the model Ford company, they used the moss to make what? The seat for the cars. And I didn't know none of that. So in Livonia, just three, four miles up the road from Blanks, they had a, a moss gin. And that's what they just a said. A moss gin. A moss gin. Okay, like, and like, they, like the cotton gin. That's it. They had the <laughs> moss gin, and they would pick all of the moss off these cypress trees and these oak trees with the moss, the Spanish moss, and they would sell it to the moss gin in Livonia. Now, now, I never saw the moss gin, okay? Yeah, yeah. I never saw it, but it was back during her time. Now, you gotta think about, Now, now me, when, when was your grandmother born? To help us with that. Oh, God. Get, I wanna get a point of reference. So when, when, well, did, she, when did she pass? When did she well, she, she died and she was 92, and so she's been dead now for, I'ma say, almost 15 years. Oh, so okay then. Yeah. So that's not long. So she, yeah. she probably and, was born in the in the, in the late eighteen, early nineteen hundreds. Yes, yes. And you know, and it's amazing. In the early nineteen uh, hundreds, um, that we're saying that because most of the time, instead of thinking about the the, the date she born and her sisters and all of them, they all lived to be in the late nineties. And then '96, I say, I hope I got that gene to well, carry on with me. You do. I can tell you that you got it. I'm, I'm looking at that. <laughs> you know, when I first spotted you. I, like, I want that gene to carry on with me, so yeah. I can continue to do like they did. I mean, it, it, she lived an amazing life, though, and she taught me some things that I never forget. You know, um, my grandmother took the simplest things that they had. You know, and, and just put yourself back 92 years ago. Okay. All right, you're putting yourself back in that time. So. You know, it wasn't cars and all that they had. You know, they did a lot of walking. And they would walk from one spot to the next spot and stuff like that, you know, and, and telling her story. And how she picked the moss and all of that for survival, you know, and did. so they picked the cotton, they did it all, you know. And they, the mess they did, they cook for people and did all the things. And somewhere along my storyline, I'm gonna tell you, and I may repeat it again, is that she would go to the big house, she would call it, you see? And she would cook for people and do everything. Now, the plantation house. The plantation house. Right, right. And she never went in the house. So, you know, and I never thought about that during my time. I'm just going by her time. And so I took care of my grandmother because she was legally blind for the last 25 years of her life. So she raised me when I was little coming up. So now, how many children did she have? My, she only had one. And that's amazing, right? Yeah. She only had one. And uh, uh, so my mother, living in that area, Blinks, and then we moved from Blinks to the area called Valverde. You'll hear that again right. coming up, right? Valverde. Then you're going to hear about Maringouin. So all, right. all of this is just right 
few miles yeah, apart you, you from move, everything. Y'all moving up. Move, move, yeah, you see? <laughs> and, moving up the river. <laughs> and so when, when Grandma was to tell me, she said, you got to appreciate all of the small things in life, you know? She said, one day is going to come, and you'll be to have all of the better things in life. She said, but never forget the joy and the happiness that what you're doing brings. Because sometimes you can move up so fast and bring stress in your life, you see? Uh, yeah. Okay. So when she told me about the, the big house, the main house that she never went in and all of that, it didn't register me until one day I was delivering my art to a plantation house. And I told my grandmother, I said, we're about to take a ride. I said, so while we're riding, I'm going to tell you what we see along the way. Because again, keep in mind, she's blind. So we're riding going from, from um, up and down the back roads of Punkapee here trying to get where we're going. And I would tell her everything. I said, look, there's the river along here, you know, the big trees, and it's a nice, beautiful, sunny day, you know. And so I'm so, just. So you paint the picture for I'm her. I'm painting the picture. There you go, my friend. There you go. And even in these carvings that I do, because they're 3D, when I tell her the story, she could feel it with her hands. See, all of this is a part of Henry Watson here, you know. And so, when I tell her about the big trees and the cabin and the house, now, She's blind, so she can't see all of this. So when I take her hand and put it on here, I say, look at these trees. See, I'm, I'm painting the story for her. And then look at the little cabin house grandma like you used to live in with the chimney on it right here. You got a front porch. So she knows where she came from and what she's doing. And I'm capturing the things that she grew up and lived and do. She just can't see it. And we went to visit this plantation home and I'm delivering paintings there and my grandmother was in the car with me. I said, well, come on, Grandma, I'm going to get you out. She said, no, no, I'm going to stay right here and wait on you. I'm going to sit out here and smoke my pipe. I said, okay. So I went, knocked on the door. I said, listen, I got my grandmother out in the car, so I don't want to stay long. I said, but I'm bringing the artwork to you. She said, well, tell your grandmother to come on in. I said, no, she don't want to come in. I said, she's blind. And she said that she don't want to come. So they walked out to the car to meet my grandmother. My grandmother said, she tried to whisper to me, but she said, I've never been inside the plantation house. We always just come to the back door. The lady heard that, and it didn't register me at that time about the impact. And so, you know, thinking about it, you know, she's in her 90s, and I said, Grandma, I said, you could come out in. She said, no, 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 no. I got to go to the back door. That's, I never, so the lady heard that. She said, oh, my God. She said, listen, your grandson, we love and adore him. He is great, we love him, got his work all in our home. We want you to come in our home. So we took the time to get out the car and brought it in. And my grandmother was like, she said, I'm in the main house. I'm in the, the big house. In the big house. The lady said, I want you to sit here and be comfortable. She said, so the lady understood what she was saying. You know, I didn't grab it right away. Now what, what plantation know? was that? We was at Paul Orange Plantation. Say it again? Paul Orange Plantation. And I'm gonna tell you a whole lot about Paul Orange Plantation in our conversation and our talk, okay? So let me jump and fast forward just a little bit so you could get the gravity of everything I'm about to tell you. When I was in high school. What high school was that? Livonia High School. Oh, the big Livonia. Big Livonia in Punkapee Parish. <laughs> you gotta say Punkapee Parish because I'm Punkapee proud. Now, now what, 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 what are they mascot? I just forgot. Wildcats. Wildcats. Livonia right. Wildcats. Right. Yeah. And I played a little ball back in the day too. Right. I can tell you how to let it Yes, yes. So uh, we had this art department in Livonia where I was learning how to carve. And 
our, so you learn how to cough in school? In that school. So in our school, I always learned how to draw stick animals and stuff. No form of training, right? So you're drawing and you're doing what you knew and what you saw around. So I was drawing, didn't have no professional training or nothing like that till I went to Livonia High School. My art instructor was named Alan Crochet. So he was teaching at Livonia and he was learning how to carve and he was teaching us at the same time. So we all was in his class, this big room. So while in this big room, we sitting there watching him and he's telling us that we got to figure out how to do this because keep in mind, he's trying to learn how to do this too. So I'm now, sitting now, there. And you talking about everybody, that's, everybody in the school looked like you too. It, there was no integration. That was the, no, 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 it, 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 it was integration it time was now. Time? Yes, okay, yes. Then. So now in Livonia, of course, that's when integration started okay. in Livonia. So we all in this class and he's teaching how to carve it and he's doing it and we watching. So while we watching what he's doing, of course, he's teaching us. He said, okay, we don't figure this part out. Okay, well, what I would do when school was out, I would go home and do the same thing we was doing in school every day. So what we did in class became a hobby, a full-time, an everyday thing for me. And I just kept on. And so I, something about that. It, it's Ooh, something about in, yes, it's it. You you enjoyed that. It's you, something about yeah. using your hands okay. and you're taking a blank piece of wood, and now you're creating something that resonated with me, and I started doing it every day. And then your and grandmother got you on the. On the did, track. Well, and then when my grandmother come along, okay, right before I get to her, I'm gonna tell you, um, our art department learning how to do it, I kept on, I kept on, and I was just excelling so fast because I was doing it every day. You Even, go home all day. <laughs> no, not every day, all day. All day. On weekends when you're not in school, you know, I lived in an area called Valverda. It was nothing there besides one little uh, general store there. It didn't have no nothing else there. So if you needed a little something, uh, a cold drink, a little something that, they had the little commissary store right there in, in the quarters, we call it. In Valverde. That's his plantation. That's it's it. Called the quarter. So we, that's all we had. So right there, that's all you knew. And the most valuable part, when I met Miss Lucy Paulange, okay, so I'm going to tell you how things jump started from that. She heard that Livonia High School students was going to have a little exhibit at a Punkapee Fire Festival. First little Punkapee Fire Festival we had in our parish. You see, here we go. We're starting with the Austin Craft Venture and things that are taking over the world now. Right here in Punkapee, right? Okay. So Lucy came to see what the students was doing. And I didn't know who Lucy was. I didn't know anything about nothing, you see? So I've got a little table set up, and I'm doing my work. And I remember hearing this voice. She said, tell me what are you doing there? She said, I really love what you're doing. Now, you got to keep in mind, I'm 15 years old. And I'm sitting there trying to figure out what I'm doing and trying to get it, right? <laughs> very, they yeah. actually to explain it now. <laughs> yeah, very primitive what I got here, right? Okay. So I'm working on it and doing it. And so she looked at it, she said, oh, you're doing a great job. Encouraging, see? Okay. You know, and you think about it. As a young African-American that have no training on nothing, no museums, don't even know what art galleries are, nothing like that, right? Because no, no Valverde, nothing, nothing. And Valverde was just a place where we live. And all I knew is what I saw and what was around me. Remember that, right? What you saw was around you. So she said, you're doing a great job. I like it. She said, are you selling them? I said, you want to buy one? <laughs> she said, yes, I want to buy one. I never forget it. I had to figure out right then, I had to become 
I had to become the manager of it. I had to become the salesman of it. I had to become everything, right? I said, well, if you want to buy one, I'll sell it to you for $7. Ooh, that was big time. <laughs> $7. Seven big ones. And I was all excited, and she bought it. And that was the beginning of Mr. Watson. <laughs> that encouragement she gave and her willingness to, to buy one. Now, you got to remember, I'm not then, you know, they consider me great now all over the world, right? Okay. But then I was just starting out. But she encouraged me, and she told me, keep doing it. She said, I want to tell you something, young man. She said, if you continue to do what you're doing, one day the world is going to be the path to your door. She now, spoke that to you. She spoke that to me, and it came into existence. Not only did she speak it to me, okay? And, I, and again, keep in mind, I had no idea who she was. This was the first meeting day. Since that day, she would come and find me and find out where I live and would come visit me. And she wanted to see what I'm continuing to do, the work I was doing. Hold on, this lady yes. became a stabler in your life. Ah, she she became, saw something in you. She saw something that I didn't even see. But more than that, she encouraged me to continue doing it by buying pieces of work and she said, Continue doing some work. I'm coming back to see you. So what did I do? Oh, I, I got to work, right? A few dollars. <laughs> and I said, if I made one for seven dollars, what if I made ten? You see what I'm saying? So now you can work faster. Okay. okay. And you know, uh, to me, that was opportunity. If I did this, I wouldn't have to walk to the school. I could buy me a bicycle now and ride it to school. You see, you see where I'm going with it? Okay. So now so, you're able to think, think in long term now. Yeah, too, I can you do this, and I'm creating on. it, and I'm making but, this now. But it's also yeah. show you in, the, in our community, in any community, if you've got a form of creating the ability to make a few dollars, you can plan. Yes, yes, You yes, know, you can yes, look ahead. Yes. Oh, I can get a bike now. Oh, yeah, you, you, so, and, then, yes. and what it does for your, your mind and soul. Now, I'm going to tell you about Miss Lucy. Miss Lucy was one that, if you met her, you're never going to forget her, okay? So from that day, from that day there of me being introduced to her, and, and she told me who she was, then she invited me to her house. And I'll never forget one day going to her house. When I got there, it was at the Paul Orange Plantation. So when I got there, I'm amazed of what I'm seeing because there I got a chance to see art. I got a chance to see what other artists done. See, now You're being exposed. I'm being exposed to art and what's around me. And she always told me, she said, Henry, you're going to be an artist. And you're going to be a great artist. So what you do is you surround yourself with folks that are doing things that you want to do, which is art. So you got to go to the art galleries. You got to go to the museum. I say, well, I don't know. So in her house was like a museum. Was the art gallery because there was art all around, books there with artists in it. By fact, People was coming there to interview her about her house. Her house was built in 1750. Well, that's the house right there. That's the house right here. <laughs> okay, and I am okay. always have that house with okay. me everywhere I go right. because that was the beginning of Esther Watson, that house. And now because of that, I'm all over the world, you see? And I tell people the same story about this house and about the lady called Miss Lucy. Miss Lu Lucy. Huh? That's it, yeah. And uh, so those two women in my life, Miss Lucy and my grandmother. And what's your grandmother's name was again? Eldora Williams. Eldora Williams. And they call her they call her Miss. Everybody would call her Miss. 
That was her nickname. Okay. Oh, that was a nickname. That Miss. was her nickname, okay. Miss. Everybody that saw her and saw her would call her Miss. And now, now, now what, what was your grandfather's name? You remember my, his name? Well, see, my grandfather was Albert Williams. He came from an area around Slaughter, Louisiana, and they migrated to Blanks, Louisiana, because they come for the, the sawmill. The it work. was a job. They, the they gravitate around to get wherever the job was, and people moved to the area where there was the work, work right. where there was work back in the day. And so that's how they end up in Blanks and, and live their life out right there in Blanks, you know. But Miss Lucy opened the doors to the writers and all the photographers that came to her house to interview her about Paul Lawrence Plantation. And she exposed you to all those people. She, I was sitting there. She invited me to be there when they come. So I could get exposed to the writers, right? Other artists that came there to take pictures and paint the house. So I would get that exposure. You see, she was doing something for me that I didn't even know yeah, no, at that time no, what she was that. doing. I didn't see it, that. yeah. And so I'm sitting there and she would tell him, I want, you, I want to introduce you to my friend, Henry Watson. Now these people come from New York and all those places. Not just that, you're a little boy compared to her. You're, exactly, you're a boy. you got it. I'm and, just a, and, I'm, and at that time it was, you know. I'm 15, 16 and, years and, old. And, you and, know? and, and yeah. the integration thing just getting started. That's right, so that's you, right. So and that's so right. I'm still learning. So I'm sitting there, you know, just amazed that she's taking the time, you know, for this little country boy. Think about that for a second. This little country boy, Henry Watson, right? Just getting started. But she knew, think about it, she knew. And she had me sit there while these people wanted to interview her and all, she said, but before you interview me and talk about what my house and home and the history, I want you to talk about Henry Watson. She said, I want you to know about him. And so the people had no choice. They had to see what I'm doing and, and take pictures of what I'm doing, okay? So when they write her story, they can also mention who? Henry Watson. And so I started getting that notoriety through that. And so when newspapers people come and they say, well, we want to do the story on you. She said, but I want you to do a story on Henry Watson. I'll never forget that. So the lady did a story on her for the newspaper. Then she came back and did the whole story on Henry Watson and his art class at Lavonia High. And so I'm sitting there nervous, wondering how I'm going to do an interview. She said, just do your work. And I'm going to do And so when I knew it was coming, what I did? Not have one painter. I'm carving now every day, getting ready for this interview to come. Right, yeah. And that's how I started getting into the newspaper, and they was writing me in all these I'm, magazines. I'm talking about in everything. high school. In high school. Well, give give us a year. What year was that? I, I graduated in 1979, okay. so this was doing 75 on through. <laughs> yes, yes. You was getting that kind of notoriety. Oh, in high school they was writing about, uh, and how they would put it. It was amazing, and I still got some of those stories today. You know, if I thought about it, I would have brought them. You know, <laughs> because the newspaper would write about what I'm creating, what I'm doing, but what's unique about it, it wasn't being taught in no other schools. No other schools had someone do, and there's still no other schools, and there's still no university, there's still no one teaching this in school. Now, the, the teacher that was teaching you all this, he said he was learning himself. Yes. Did any other, any of the other students? Oh yeah, we all got exposed to it. But, uh, and we all had to learn how to do it because you went through art one, art two, and art three. So if you stayed in art that long, you start off with drawing, painting, and you was eventually carving. But you're the only you one see? out of the class that, that ended up, that, you know, that, that jumped on the ship and right, took off. Man. 
And others, you know, did it in class and do, but I took on it as a lifelong journey. Because you had, I you, you had somebody who's, who pulled you from yes. among them. Yes, and, 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 and put me in that light and showed me where I could be. And I had no idea, but what she said to me, those words, one day, the world would be the pathway to your door. It didn't mean nothing to you at the time. Didn't know what she meant. Uh, okay. If she was here today, I'd be hugging and loving her today because right now, people come to see me from London, Germany, you name the parts of the world, China, Belgium, they come. And I had no idea that people would travel to come and find you. And, and when the people came from, from London to do a story on me, and wanted me, <laughs> wanted me to fly back and do a museum showing. I told him, I said, wait a minute, I don't fly. <laughs> I don't go places, because I never did. But I said, what got you here? They said, we heard about your story. Now it's amazing, think about it. Your story made people fly out from another country to come and interview. And they stayed for four and a half days interviewing me for to make my story. Now how long ago was this? This was, um, about maybe four years ago. But the story is on that big billboard standing right there. Uh, I'll get you to see it. And it's in the magazine and the books. I'm going to show you that as well. And I was just amazed that people would travel to come and get your story. And they told me. And I asked them, I say, well, what got you here to see me? They say, you are creating something, Mr. Watson, that you can't get nowhere else in the world. And I never thought about it that way. She said, first of all, you're using 100 to 200 year old wood. I only found down here in South Louisiana, oh, down oh, here. That's Cypress. That's Cypress wood. Oh, okay. See, number one. Number two, you hand carving it and sculpting it in the wood. No two the same. Each one is one of a kind. It's when we heard about that and started reading about that, we come to interview the man himself. And say, so that's why we want to take you back and do a museum showing for you in London. I said, well, we're going to have to wait on that one, <laughs> you know. I'm thinking, wow. And everybody tell me, you should do it. Well, you, you have to do it. International, you they're taking you, go. But, but let me you share know. this with you. I've been yes. fortunate enough to travel to other countries, particularly to the, on the continent of Africa. And what you're doing is what our ancestors did. are still doing. Yes, sir. But nobody talks about it from that perspective. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And so that's just, that is innate in, in the ability to do things and create things, that's who we do for music, it's dance. And, 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 and can visualize it and then put it into the wood. Oh, yeah. One of my clients, one of my clients went to Africa, knowing what I do, because I've done a bunch of work for their family, and brought me a gift bag, a sculpture from Africa. And I got it at my house one day, I'm about to show you. I'll send you pictures of that. Yeah. And they brought that to me and said, listen, I want you to have this since you don't travel and do it. But one day you will. The world gonna have you traveling. You, you gonna have to, to travel, Mr. To. Watson. You just gotta go and yeah, do yeah. it. You know. So never be afraid to venture out. You see. You got to. You got now, to travel. I, I just, with your, with I, your gifts and talents. Well, you know. You and I never. It wasn't the lady. Miss, what her name is? Miss Paul Lawrence. Miss Lucy spoke that Everybody to you said, already. Yes. So now, now, now you holding back on part of your. Well, it's going to happen because okay. let me tell you, let me give you another story since we're talking. <laughs> and, and it's coming naturally because you and I are having a conversation. Right. Now, they were filming a movie called, uh, with Troy Landry, 
with the alligators. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, and he would say, shoot him, shoot him. Yeah, yeah, what we call that again? I, I did, a, I did a, in the water. In, 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 in the swamp, and he would hunt the gators and all of that. Um, I, I'm trying well, to think I, of the name of it. Well, we all know the show. Yeah, everybody know the show, exactly <laughs> right. And so oh, they sure. started that, that, that series. And on the second series of it, it took off so well that the state of Louisiana got involved with it because they're filming it here in Louisiana, see? And it's talking about our culture, the bayou, the swamp, and the gators, right? And some of those trees you see out in them swamps and bayou was what? Cypress trees, right? And what I used. So the lieutenant governor said, we'd like to send you to New York. They're about to film the second series of the swamp people. Swamp people, all yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> they're about to and we want to send representation from Louisiana to New York. So they chose me to go up there for like a week. And they had John Foss, they had uh, a band called La Chafalaya, you know, so they sent the music, you got it? The art, right? And the chef, right? So you had a, a mixture there and then to represent Louisiana. So everybody was up I, there. I remember that. You remember that? I and so that. I was like, I'm gonna have to fly now. Cause I told him, I said, I will drive and I'll get there by time. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'll get there by time. Uh, we, we, the, the show get ready to uh, uh, start airing over there. But they say, no, Mr. Watson, uh, you don't have time for that. We got to ship your table, <laughs> your wood. <laughs> we got to ship all your stuff over there so it'll be there. And we got to fly you over there. <laughs> so. I was, I was kind of reluctant because I never flew anywhere, see? And I'm just giving you the grassroots of it. And I never went. And so at that point, I got to fly, right? So I said, okay, well, we have to, you know, somebody got to go along with me that knows and do to say whatever it takes, Mr. Watson. So we, we got there, and, and I never forget, we was going to fly out of Baton Rouge. And they had it all set up. I'm going to fly out of Baton Rouge, I think, from Baton Rouge to Atlanta, and then from Atlanta to DC. Uh, to, to, uh, yeah, over there. And I said, okay. I got it all set, we're gonna do it. So I'm rushing to get there, and something happened that day with the flight, and they told me, so you're gonna have to catch uh, the next flight out, you know, to go. I said, no, that's not gonna work, because we got to be there to set up, because the History Channel has got everybody, we're gonna have this big thing going on for the swamp people. I said, I can't be late. I said, that's why I'm flying. <laughs> and so I started telling them the story, they said, wait a minute, they said, well, you got a car? I said, yeah. They said, can you drive to New Orleans? I said, yes. They said, go to New Orleans. When you get to New Orleans, we have it all set up for you. And you know, I don't have to pay for anything, right? Okay. They're going to put you on a plane in New Orleans, and they're going to take you from New Orleans straight to New York. You oh, don't have to worry. Right you there. never have to worry about getting it changed. So, so that was pretty good. So I got over there, and then you know, once I got comfortable and got on there, and, and, and the plane got to take off and go up. I sit there and start saying my little prayer and all that, and, you know, until I got comfortable in the air flying. I'm like, then I got okay. Everybody was talking yeah, and going yeah, on. No big deal. And next thing you know, we coming over to Hudson down there and do and landed. I said, man, New York is something. I, all I saw was New York was on TV. So I got to New York. I'm like, I'm all excited now. And then they tell me, say, you're going to be staying in Manhattan. I don't mean nothing to you, though. I, I, I didn't know what, what, what they mean. Okay. I didn't so, mean anything, yeah. yeah, but they had to set me up. Quite nice. Huh? Royalty, okay? And I had no idea. So Now, who's the lieutenant governor at the time? Um, the lieutenant governor then was, uh, it wasn't Billy Nungas, it was. 
Oh, what, what are you talking about? Uh, was it Paul Hardy? No, no. Oh, no uh, um, right, go though. We're going to get it. Yeah, right. we, yep, we, absolutely. We, 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 yeah, because yeah, I'm going back. So I got off that plane and got out there, and I didn't know which way to turn at that point, you know. And I'm standing up there, and I see a guy standing over there with a, with a black vest on with a sign, holding a sign up saying, Henry Watson. And I saw my name. I said, look at that guy. I got my name over there. <laughs> so I look over there. I said, hey, I'm Henry Watson. He said, well, come on with me, sir. He said, I'm here to pick you up. I said, well, boy, I'll be a pussy one. Right. Oh, look, you high cotton now. Oh, they no, high, you high, living high on Moss now. I'm living high on the Moss. <laughs> and so they brought me in. And, and, and after we was riding and going in with my stuff and everything, and the guy was just talking to me, saying, he said, got a, quite a few of y'all from Louisiana down here and everything. So I was telling him what it was all about, and he was riding me through the city, and I was, I'm looking at all these big buildings and everything, you know. I'm in New York now, right? I said, well, where are we going? I said, because I don't know exactly. He said, man, you, you're going to be in Manhattan. I said, okay. <laughs> he said, you, do you know where that's at? What you, I said, no. I said, I didn't know, right? So, oh, listen, when I got in Manhattan, I'm looking up, and everybody knew right then. Guess you, what? You're from the country. You, you, You've you, never been. You, your first time here. You visited. You visited. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm looking at the big buildings. And I had a, listen, that was an enjoyable moment that I got a chance to really see it. Everything you saw on TV, now I'm seeing it, you see. So it was really interesting. And they put me up in this big hotel. They say, listen, the History Channel, anything you need, anywhere you want to go, whatever it is, they got it. You just tell us, and we're going to provide it for you. I said, Okay. And so I walked around a few blocks to make sure I could know my boundaries where I'm at and walk back. They say, now, if you want to go to Chinatown, we're going we're gonna to get you a ride there and back. You just tell us what you want to do and everything else. You know, so I was trying to take it all in while I'm down there. Now, you remember, I'm only down there for a week. So hey, what, what, what were you doing while you was down there? Well, while I was down there, we went into uh, Chelsea Market, and they set up just like you see on TV, the swamp people with the gators and all that, they built a whole set in there to look like the, the swamps of Louisiana. And they had the little Cajun cabin like you see I do. On one side, I was over there carving and demonstrating with my art. And on the other side, where John Foss was cooking gumbo and red beans and rice and stuff like that. And it was serving to people was in line, first you could see, trying to come in and get that Louisiana experience. And that was amazing. I said, where are all these people? They said, they're all coming to see you. And so it was amazing. And Were you able to sell your carving? Well, I just was demonstrating and, Demonstrate, and, okay. and telling them and showing them. And it was, it was like a storytelling about uh, Louisiana. You know, you, you're the ambassador now for this, your state. Okay. And it was so interesting. You met so many people. And they was amazed to see what you was doing. These people never see a cypress board and you hand carving it, just like I'm, I'm doing here today. And I was doing it. And so at the end of that, the big man himself, from the History Channel came through. And everybody was opening doors for him and stuff like that, and I didn't know who he was. And he came in, and he was talking with John Foss, and he was eating from John Foss. And the amazing thing happened was his son, his son might have been nine, eight, nine years old, was with him, and he looked over there and saw me over there carving on wood. I was carving on wood. And so he heard that. So the son come over there to me while everybody else was with John Falls over there with the food and stuff. So the son come over there, I said, let me show you how to carve. And I set him down, 
not knowing who, who the child didn't, is. Didn't know Clues, anything. You just, you just right. want to show him. I'm showing him how to do it. A child came over there, they're interested. That's just like I was a kid once. And I showed him how I was working on it, doing it. And I had them doing it. And next thing you know, I saw cameras going off. Now, the father don't recognize that the son not with him now. The son is over there with me. So he looked and he come over and everybody was coming. You know, so, so you, taking pictures and so coming. You, you didn't you know. trump my boy uh, John Falls, did you? Oh, no, when he left, everybody <laughs> left there and they came over at me. And so the man stood up like that and he told his son, he said, look, you having fun. He said, are you interested in that? He said, dad, he is showing me how to carve. And now the camera's going off. Everybody taking pictures, right? So I knew right then that's my moment. Right? So I told his dad and I didn't know. That he was, was, I didn't know he was the but, man. But, but you knew he had to be somebody important. You didn't he, know who he was. Well, he had that many people flashing cameras and opening doors. I knew he had to be somebody important. And, and I asked the lady, I said, well, who is this guy? I said, I mean, she said, that's his son. He runs the history channel, the TV that you see. I said, that's the man. She said, anything. And the man looked at me, he said, my son like what you're doing. He said, I want to buy some. He wants one in his room. I said, okay, I do. Before I could tell him what I charge, how I'm going to do, the man was turning around to go to another spot, and he got somebody over there with a pad taking pictures saying, okay, give me your name, your address, your phone number. I'm going to get back with you and tell you what they want and everything else. He said, I'm going to handle everything for him. Don't worry about it. For we him, got bro. it. He, he just spoke it and That's turned it. around. Everything. He gone. And, I, and he left. I didn't even get a chance to take a picture with him or nothing. <laughs> you know, it happened just that fast. And next thing you know, I had to do a carving of... Troy Landry, just like you see him come on TV with the alligator behind him in the swamp trees, the man wanted that to put in his office, okay? And I told the man, I said, well, let me tell you about this cost. They said, don't worry about the cost. Whatever the cost is, we got it. <laughs> so I did seven. I done that, and I done some smaller ones for the, the boy to put in the room. I know you had to increase the price a little, huh? Well, I, well, believe it or not, I just do what I do normal and what's normal for me is you know it doesn't matter if you're the richest in the world or the poorest i charge what i charge and i stick with that i'm just as true as it go i don't up it and right. they, they was amazed they say listen we're going to pay you for everything you've done and we're going to get you the money and you ship it back to us and that's how it happened and i took pictures of everything before they uh, got it back <laughs> yes and so when people go you've done troy landry and all that i say guess what troy don't have it it's hanging up in New York. <laughs> Think about that. But that was the fun part of, uh, you know, adventure. Not, how long Watson. ago that was? About 20 years or so ago? Um, uh, yeah, time flying. I mean, so right, time to fly. Because that had to be, yeah. Swamp people probably came on, started coming on about Two, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it might have been 2000, yeah. 2002, something like that. I, 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 listen, life experience with me is always something new is happening, you know. And, and that was one. Again, they come to me and said, we want you to go to Disney World, represent Louisiana, you know. The, the, the lieutenant governor, again. And, and at that time, the mayor of Baton Rouge was Skip Holder. Okay. So you, you put that time Melvin, with him. Melvin Kip Holder. Right? Huh? Melvin Kip, Kip Holder. Holder. That's right. And so everybody went. And, and again, here I go. I drove. <laughs> I told him I would drive down. There. So I got down there. And uh, it was amazing because we get there now. Now here you over there uh, uh, in Epcot, right? So we're in Epcot and they got everything set up for you. They built a pavilion that looked like the French market in New Orleans. 
It's amazing how they built everything look just like like New Orleans Market. Well, you got money, you can do anything. Yes, know? yes. And so, and Both then they had a spot for Henry Watson. So I had my spot set up in that pavilion, and then they had people doing paintings and people doing food and everything, right? So I'm concerned about what I got to do and who I'm going to be in front of. Not even think. That's the first time I ever been to Epcot. I never been to Disney World. I never been there. You see, so I'm I'm all excited. They put us up in in places and they have somebody pick you up, bring you. I mean, just laid it all out for you. Didn't have to worry about it. if you got hungry. You just looked at somebody and say, you know, I, I think I want to eat something. Next thing you know, you got people bringing you everything you need. So that's a great now, experience. I'm sitting up there in Epcot and I got all of this stuff here, just like you see here, and I'm carving. Okay, they interviewing. Kip Holland and the Lieutenant Governor and everybody else on that end of that building, and they all was in that section. So I'm over here, I'm carving, and all these people was walking by looking, and they knew they was filming that, and so they was looking and say, well, what are you doing, Louisiana? Oh, you just gave me an open door uh, invitation. I'm finna tell you who I am and what I do. And these people from all over the world, so I'm starting to tell them, and they had some so you're you carving and talking at the same time. Oh, absolutely. While I'm there, I'm sitting there. I'm drawing on the wood because that's the experience they, they want to bring. They want people to see because carving on that wood, you're not finding people every day around carving on wood, especially 100-year-old cypress. So I brought it all, and I'm sitting around there. And keep in mind, when kids get involved, two or three little kids saw me doing it and they wanted to see what I was doing. So I'm sitting there telling how I do it. One kid ran back where they were filming and told his parents, and the parents come back, so the cameraman heard the kids saying, he's carving on that wood. Here come the cameraman running back. I look back, <laughs> Kip holding running, <laughs> the lieutenant governor running, they all running from where they was at to me, because the camera did what? Came camera to me. Moved, okay, <laughs> the camera okay. moved down to me. So the camera was down here filming, and boy, I looked up, and they all in surround, and I'm sitting there carving and doing it and telling my story. Now, I think it was the centile or something, the newspaper was there. Everybody was capturing the Louisiana experience while I was there. And next thing you know, I'm all over the news again. <laughs> you know, I'm all over the news again with, with that life story of what you doing in Louisiana, you see? So you, you got a way of stealing the show. I always, <laughs> always have a way. Always have a way of uh, the spotlight always that, that, that's turns. That's my design. Yeah, got, uh, that spotlight always turns uh, this no, way. Miss yeah. Paul, Paul, how you say her name? Miss Paul Lawrence. Miss Paul Lawrence spoke that to you. Yes, she did. So, so, so you had to bring it to pay. And it's coming to truth. <laughs> you know, and from that over there, and what I did know during that time, they were filming and they come and they want to get up close and do. And I asked them, I said, why are you? getting so close to the work. They say, uh, the people who runs everything around here wants your work to be captured. I didn't know what it was all about. Come to find out, they saw what I was doing was different from everything they had over there at Epcot. You know, at Epcot, they got a little bit of everything, but they didn't have anybody carving 100-year-old wood. So next thing, they come and approach me and say, can you come and do what you're doing six months out of the year? Now, six at that months. time, I wasn't too smart. I told him, I said, oh no, I got to get back to Louisiana. I got to get back and do what I'm doing over here. I said, I can't stay over here six months out of the year. I got a whole family that I'm taking care of doing. Let them come now with that same offer. 
And you think I would be over that six months out of the year? <laughs> I just didn't know the impact of what was happening to me. Just like Miss Lucy said, the world would be the past to the door. Everybody go where? Disney. Everybody go to everybody. Disney. Everybody go to Disney. Everybody. That world is going to Disney. So it was happening right before my eyes, you know. You, 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 and you, you I turned dropped, down. You, you missed that one. I man. turned that one down. I said, you know, and because, you know, I said, I'm just uh, going to have to go back. I said, I can't stay here sick. And I'm thinking about it. What an opportunity that would have been. Now I know what it would have been. Now, you know. now how long later did you process that? How, how long? It was years well, later? Well, probably, probably a year after that because after that, the Jazz Fest come along, New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. And so I got involved with them. So I got involved with the Jazz Fest and started going there. And then I saw not, the, not as many people that was at Disney, but when I got to Jazz Fest, I saw all these people coming from all over the world there. And Jazz Fest had me set up the same kind of way in like a, they call it the, uh, like the artist market, you know? So you represent our heritage. Everything is about our heritage. You know, what's going on in Louisiana, what you see as you came from New York or wherever. That's why they call it the Jazz and Heritage. That's, That's right. Yeah. And so I was doing that part of it and I'm carving and doing, and, and I saw how these people were just in line coming to see. And I'm like, I'm amazed because now I'm, I'm really starting to feel like, oh, I'm kind of important, huh? They're coming. The lady I'm somebody, said, huh? you are, Mr. Watson. These people are coming from all over the world. They've never seen what you're doing. That's why the line is waiting. They want to get to you, you know? And I'll never forget, I mean, I sold enough work at Jazz Fest during that time and took orders from what I didn't have after I sold everything, and I come back, I took all the orders, and I was making, and I said, boy, I got a connection now in California, New York, and these people may were, and they would give you a deposit, some of them pay in full, and you make it, and I was shipping them. And at that point, I knew, oh. I knew. So, and, so your, your work is not something you just set to do. You just sit and do and hang it on the wall. Oh, no, no, you every know? piece I got is going somewhere. <laughs> so you've been, yeah. you, your thing is, everything is done by commission. It's on commission, absolutely. But you didn't plan it that way. That's, that's it, it, grew it. it grew into it. And I used to just love doing, again, <clears throat> the heritage, the background of how my grandmother lived and things that I saw. You, you can't really capture and do things that you don't know nothing about. I knew about what I knew. I knew about the oak trees. I knew about the cabins. I knew about the shotgun houses. I knew about the pigs. I knew about how we lived and my grandmother lived and the moss on the tree. So I started capturing things that I knew. If you do something you know, nobody can't tell you about it. You already know about it. And that's what I did. And I do it today. But did, did you know the great Ernest Gaines from this area? Yes, yes. Because yes. you kind of remind me of him. Do, do I know him? <laughs> now, see, I'm glad you mentioned that because right now, <clears throat> Because of Black History Month and all of the recent things that just happened, you know, and the, the Jane Pittman oak tree, they made up, um, they named it. They put a marker. A marker. Somebody took it, though. And, and somebody took that. Yeah. And when Ernest, I did a carving, when Ernest built this new home here on the river, the builder that built the home came to me and wanted to give him a special gift. And that special gift was a carving, not of the home he built, but of the church that he attended when he was little and where his aunt and all of them was alone, she recorded us. So that church, I carved it, then they moved that church, church to his back, house. In the backyard. In the backyard of his house, see? So <laughs> he got the church 
in the backyard and the church hanging the on the wall if it's right. high. Because I called uh, it. Although yeah. he's no longer with us. It's That's right. With his wife, for Diane. His wife, I Diane. Is Absolutely there. right. You know, um, so right now, so I, since this be the perfect time to talk about it, it's Black History Month. <laughs> That's right. I am right now. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's the first day. day of the Black History Month starting today. Absolutely. So we, we got 20 or 29 days of this week. Uh, yeah, that's right, the 20 or 29 of the <laughs> month. Well, I am right now from the layout, and I'm about to do a carving of the Jane Pittman Oak tree. I'm gonna carve that tree because again, where's that tree located? Punker P. Parrish. You see what I'm saying? Right. Mr. Ernest Gaines, Punker P. Parrish. When I tell you I'm Punker P. Proud, you understand where I'm coming you, you from. Got, you got to represent. You I'm representing Punker P. And so I'm going to do that tree. That's a beautiful tree. Too. It's a beautiful tree. And I think what I'm going to do under the tree, I'm going to put a small carving of Miss Jane Pittman. Oh, you see? Man. Because of the movie. Just where it was, I'm going to put her under the tree, how she's sitting under the tree. I'm going to picture of her. Now, who else going to have that? See, so, so that's so, going to be a so, documentation. And, and, and where are you going to display this at? Well, this going to be for still, sale or this going to be Well, that's, that's another thing that's, I, I got to think that's about. Pre, it. That's pretty precious. That's going to be one of a kind piece. And, you know, it's, I, someone it's, asked it's, me it's already. It's going to be a Watson. It's definitely going to be a Watson. <laughs> and when I tell you Punk and Be Proud, so you, you got to know all the publicity I'm going to get behind it is all because of what's happening in Punk and P. Where, where, where are you at today, my friend? It's Punk and P. Punk and P. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and you here. Off, off the Frost And we're glad you're right, here. Right across the Frost, Frost River. Yeah. In the Punk and P. New Roads Visiting and what, how do you go? Tourist Center. Tourist Center. You here, my friend. And I thank them for allowing us to come here today to do yes. this interview. Yes. But this is yes. how much this, 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 the area love and respect Henry Watson. They, and and, and they I thank them for it. You know, it's, it's a journey I'm on, and people ask, say, well, what's next? I never know what's next because something's always revolving and something's always new coming. And even just here in Punker P, it's so much history. All you got to do is stop, it's, take it's a just, moment and start looking. I mean, just to, yeah. you, you talk to, to, I mean, we right here in the, 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 mid -south, the middle of the south of Louisiana, I guess, right here mm -hmm. in Punker P, right off the Mississippi River. And you still got people here speak Creole, French. Oh, yeah. All these different yeah. languages right yeah, here, yeah. Spanish, you know, in, and, this, in this little title. And could cook it, could farm it. Think about that for a second. The crops that are being raised here, Ooh. all around, from the puck on, you got bear drums, puck on plant right here. Yeah. All of our farmers just finished up their crop with the sugar cane. They raised sardines. They raised cotton in the north part of it. You know, we got the false river, the fishing. I mean, what more do you want? Oh, look, look, look. Where else can oh, you go? We got it all great here. Great music, great musicians. Musicians. Like, I just got been through. through. I just we, uh, was over there thanks to Miss uh, Janelle, Janelle uh, Lamont. Lamont. She told me I need to meet you. Yes. At the Rock House. The Rock <laughs> that's, House at a great blues singer like the great Louisiana Punk and P area. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy. Right Let's work right down the street. Everything yes, is, yeah. if, you, if you're looking for it, you don't have to look for it. And next to New Orleans, the second best Mardi Gras in the state of Louisiana. Hey, know what I tell them? All roads leads to New Orleans. <laughs> See? You come to the parish. You know, and we're proud of it, you know. And you think about it, when you embrace it and you start thinking about, all of the things. I don't have to leave and go to New York to, to do art and capture things. There's so much history right here. You could take any little part of the parish and find the history part of something. 
because what I look for is everybody got a story. And people say, what do you mean? I say, well, just like my grandmother had a story and how she grew and she lived. Everybody got a story. So in my art, I could capture the history oh, you can of tell someone's story. story. I never thought yeah. about it. You, take, and you there can it tell is. whatever story you choose to tell. And you put it in the wood and it's there forever. Now, we still hadn't, hadn't figured out <laughs> what we're going to do with the Ernie Gaines, Jane Pittman. Well, that's, piece of art. You know, that's going to be a pretty big piece of Yeah, it's going to be, and it's going to be impressive. And also, you understand what just happened, right? The stamp just came out, the Ernest Gaines stamp. Have you paid attention? Oh, yes, yes, sir. Punk yes. P. We here, okay? Punk represent, so represent. We, we got the, the Ernest Gaines stamp just come out. Now, so now, now, I want to do the tree carved with Make sure people understand, because this, this podcast go really, literally worldwide. Yes. Who is Ernest Gaines? We need to tell them first. Who, who is Ernest Gaines? <laughs> Hey, when I tell you Punker P proud, Ernest Gaines was Punker P too. <laughs> and you know he was proud. He, he wrote the books and the stories, you know, about great, life yeah, he was great, uh, during he was this great, time. Great writer. Great. And he wrote the, the bestseller, yes. the Jane Pittman Absolutely. story. Yes, indeed. And, and then he moved back home and made his home here, you know. And, and, and people would well, say. He was a professor at UL. UL USAL, USAL, they call it then. Time, and, yeah. and it's called UL now. Mm -hmm. But. You know, when you think about what could happen, and just me as an artist, you know, and he writes the stories. Now just think about it for a second. Oh, okay. And he wrote about, you know, the quarters. And he wrote about how people live, you know, and, and from the little cabin houses to the little church. But what I do, should, I don't write it, but I do what? I'm creating the little cabins, the little churches, and I'm putting it into wood in the form of art. And he put it in as a form of writing the story, you see? So the, and the now, two go hand in hand. There it is. Matter of fact, how many books you see that don't have pictures on it? That's it. There you go. There you go. You know, and, and a guy told me, say, one day, movie people are going to come looking for you. And I think that they're going to come too. Well, it's just a matter of time. I, I, I got a question for you. Yes. You know, being a, a, a man of innovation, insight, uh, wisdom, and a caring, of a caring heart. And I, so I can tell you have a love for your community, for people. Now, what can we do to teach this to young people, the ones coming behind us? Well, we know it's, yes. it's a dying art. It's so, a dying art. So what can and we do? I get asked that a lot. And I even had LSU ask me to. I see you got your LSU shirt on. You represent yeah, LSU. I didn't think. Yeah. Well, they asked me to, would I be interested in doing like a leisure class? Because again, you know, it's a dying art, and how many places people that you see doing it? He said it would be a great thing for you to teach it at the university so people that got an interest in it, he said, and it's a lot of interest in it. And you could teach it, and that way, what you know, you could be passing it on. Okay. Now, again, you got the schools around. Okay. But what happened to me is, I got a story that I'm still trying to tell. And to do those things, I would have to slow down and stop what I'm doing, kind of, to prepare to do and and to teach it and, and show it. Now, if somebody want to tag along with me. And, and, and hang with me and do, they can learn every step I do and do, but you got to keep up with me though, okay, you see, because again, I'm here today, we're sitting here, we're talking about my life and the story and what I create and how I, I like to pass it on and want people to remember what I do. 
But in the same sense, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, I'm carving and painting these things. Now, how many people are up that time of morning? But that's what it takes for me to keep up to do the things I do. You know, I make time for people, places, and things. If a special event is going on or something like that, I make time for these things. You know, now when I tell you time, people say, well, how do you do it? How can you go and be over here and, and give an interview and you do this two or three hours and do? I say, because when I get back to my studio and my place, I get in my comfort zone and I may work until three, four o'clock in the morning. You see? So those hours, normal people are asleep, right? So I'm not normal on all of that, but that's when that inspiration comes. The phone stopped ringing, and then I could sit back and settle down on the day and start thinking about what I got to create. Even right now, I got orders got to be done for Valentine's Day, okay? And so we talk about important time. So Valentine's and Day is a big is a big day for you. Well, it's big because my clients are calling and saying they need a Watson for their wife. They need a Watson for their mom. So I got to make this happen. Because you got to understand, for you to get a Watson, you're not going to go on the internet or to the mall or to Walmart. Who you got to find? You got to find Watson himself. Okay. And I'm going to create it. And I'm going to do special things. Like, without giving it away, because they may hear your podcast too, <laughs> without giving away, I'm doing someone's home where they grew up and their grandmother and they was raised at, okay? And they just sold that home because the grandmother and them passed away, they just sold that home a year ago. So I got asked to carve that place and he wanted to give it to his wife because all of her life is where she lived and with grandma and was raised up there. Now the house done got sold out. See, now hopefully the wife don't hear this story, but she'll know it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> right, so, so, right. So that, that's what happened to, <clears throat> When people make an order, they, they give you the parameters of what they're looking for? Oh, absolutely. What they'll do, they'll, they'll tell me or they'll provide me with a picture or they'll tell okay. me where the place is located and I'll go shoot the picture, you know, because I got an eye for all of this, you know. And if they provide me with a picture of the places, if the place is still there, you know, I could go and take the pictures. Once I get the pictures, then I take it from there and I'm going to put it into 100-year-old wood that's going to be there forever. So just think about it for a second. You grew up, let's say, on a farm, grandmother house, the way they live, all you knew all your life before you moved to New York is where you live, you know, in the country part of Louisiana with everything that makes you who you are, okay? And you never forget about your roots, where you come from, okay? Now, here you're talking years and years later, you got kids growing up, Okay, you don't even live in Louisiana anymore. You telling them about, do they see that? Do they know that? Unless they get a chance to come back and visit and see it. So people will come to me and say, I want you to capture my family legacy. And so I go back with the pictures that they provide and I carved this and sculpted it. So it doesn't matter where they go from that day forward, it could go along with them, you see? So once you capture it and do it, I've had people come, that place is no longer existing anymore. All they have is, a few photographs of it. I recreate it from the photographs they get and put it in the wood. And then when they come back to get it, I see tears running down their eyes. You know, and I'm looking at them, I'm saying, did I do everything right for you? They're crying because all of the memories coming back, the flashback, 
because the place is no longer exist anymore. It's gone. It burnt. So they didn't have the picture, but I recreated it for them. And the lady said, I only have one child. She said, and no matter what I told her about it and do, she couldn't grab it. She said, but now she has something to put in her home. She said, when I'm gone, it'll still be living. Hmm. Think, 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 think about, about that for a second. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> you talk about your carving is done also in a form of what we call now 3D. 3D, yes. So yes. how did you perfect a 3D carving? Well, you think about it for a second. And I'm going to explain this to you. You got a blank slate. Most artists would draw on a canvas on whatever they're going to paint on, and they draw it on, and then they're going to sit there and they're going to paint in all of the details, the house, the trees, or whatever it is, right? What I'm doing, hand carving them in the wood, I'm actually carving it foreground, middle ground, and the background. See? So I'm putting all three of these stages in that carving. Do you draw it? Do you trace it first? Yeah, you just sit there and you draw the subject matter out. Okay? Turn it around. You see? So when you draw it out, what people can see the tree, the moss on the trees, the cabin, the porch, everything that you see with your eyes, I put it into the wood. So you think about it. What's the next real to real life it could be? The 3D. You see? From a photograph, Somebody take a picture with a photograph or a video and they show a house and a, a tree and a horse, a barn. But in the carving, you can see the depth. Because I carved the depth in it. Foreground, middle ground, and background. Now, now when you realized that you, you need to do that or, or you could do that? Well, and, and again, that was all part of the process of me it's learning how to, how to carve. As I start carving, you know, you, you start off carving little simple things that you do. Okay, so let's say if my focus was just on carving a tree. So my focus is just carving a tree, then I'm looking at the tree, the limbs of the tree, and I'm focusing on how to make that tree look dimensionalized 3D. But as I went further into learning everything about capturing what your eyes see, now you know you're seeing more than just a tree. See, you have to think about it. When you walk up to any place, Wherever you at, even us sitting here, everything you see, one, two, three. See, if it's your house, if you if you go to uh, anywhere you go, anywhere you do, if you look, see, I had to train myself how to look and see it, and I see everything in three D. You see, what, what point in time did you started putting the three D in well, your carving? And, and again, this is going back years and years. Okay, yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for 43 years now. So 43 years of capturing and doing what you see here today, okay, what you see here today, but it all started piece by piece, and you build upon it. You see, I imagine that Ray Charles didn't just come up and hit the song, the song that made the world know he was He started off with something simple, he added a little bit, then he added a little more to it, and you know when he performed, he got a whole lot of jazz going on, right? So what I'm saying is you're building it, and that's what I do with the art. I said, Dad, if you tell me you want me to do your house, and I'm going to ask you, okay, um, I'm going to carve your house for you, and uh, I, I can look at your house and tell from the picture you're telling me, and then I'm going to start asking you a question about it. What, what you remember? about the house. You say, well, you know, my mom planted these rose bushes. See, that's important. So I make note. See? So everything is important. You can put it in. You see? 
So when you carve it, you got to know then. You can't go back and add because you're carving 3D. Foreground, middle ground. Just think about it. You're hammering it away and you're taking away. As you're taking away, you're going back further and further into the carving. So you can't come back and add. That's like, that's like adding sugar or salt. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 so, so that 3D, that 3D yeah. stands out, you see? So when it starts to stand out and you start to get the 3D in there, so just think about it once I start putting the color to it. Now, from here, chipping and carving, just take a focus at that, okay? Then I'm doing something like here, see? And when you look at it, look, it looked like a painting. Yeah. Until you get up there, you start feeling the depth perception come out. Now look at the 3D. Look at that. And, and, and a glass at it, it looked like a, a picture frame with a picture. With a picture. And then you start observing. And the more you look, the more you see. Because I can start flipping this around sideways oh, yeah, yeah, and start yeah. turning it. Yeah, I can see and inside I, the door not, of the house. Now the 3D, you see? Yeah, I can see inside the door of the house. There you go. <laughs> and so people get fascinated with it. So once people find out that I could take the wood and carve it 3D, well, you don't just need a, a, a photographer to come take a picture of your house no more. No, no, no. You don't just need somebody to just come and say, I'm going to paint you a picture. You call Watson because he's going to have it more realistic as it could be. And that 3D, so when they call me, I already know. Plus, that lasts forever. It's there forever, you know, and it's still telling your story. The only thing that helps, can steal it. That's it. <laughs> but then they better not go far with it because it's not like you tell them you got it for somewhere else. Because <laughs> I document every one that we, we do. You know? Do you know how many carvings you've done to the, at this point? That's the same question they ask me. The people from London say, do you know how many you've done? I say, no, I don't. Because it depends on the year, the month, and what's going on in your life. You know, this is a 43-year journey. You know, some years I might car two a week, three a week, depending on what I'm doing. Now you can imagine when I'm doing Jazz Fest and I got 50, 60,000 people coming into Jazz Fest, right? So I start, I start carving in January. Jazz Fest start at the end of February, I mean at the end of uh, April. April. So I start in January and I'm carving because I already know where I'm going with them. See? And I already know each one is going to be sold. Somebody going to buy them. The last trip I made Jazz Fest, look right here. What that say? The Louisiana market. Okay. Huh? 2018. When I went there, who won the best of show? Oh, you won the show? With that big sign. Oh, best, of the, best of show. Best of the show. So when folks come there, they voted me. This is the best thing we've seen at the Jazz Fest. So I got the best of the show. So that year there, I went there with 65 wood carving. 65 wood carving. Carved that wood, okay? Hold on, so you did 65 wood carving in a few months? No, I started, I had already known that I was going. Okay. We had already scheduled that I was gonna be there and do, so I knew then so I got to be ready. So you was on lockdown for several months before- Lockdown, you everything I'm making is for, is for that show, because people knew, you know, you know, people call and say, can you come to our show and do something now, else? Also, now, you, 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 you kind of got a feel for what people are looking for now? Oh, absolutely. You saw oh, yeah. you know where the interests are. I, I already know. So there's certain now, things you ain't gonna waste your time doing. For what? I am now creating what I know gonna sell. <laughs> I don't have to guess about it. Now, here again, here again, how do I know it? How do I know that? Because I told you I've been doing it for 43 years. And you know what everybody interests And if I start off with, with, with 10 paintings here, and people keep buying the same eight all over and over and over, <laughs> right? Uh, nobody, nobody wants this helicopter. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> Everybody wants this Louisiana cabin with the trees and the moss and, and the people. And it tells the story of Louisiana, right? So they like what you grew up, grew up seeing. There you go. Part of. They, they bind my legacy, where I come from, where I grew up, what I know. And that's what they bind. So I know if I did a cabin, a house, the trees, the alligator, the things that make us who we are. That make Louisiana unique. That's it. And that's what they buy. And so I sold, I had 65 there, okay? I sold 60 of them on day one. So I like that, to panic. Yeah, because you like, yeah. <laughs> I had no like, idea. Like, what I'm going to do now? Right, there you go. And you know, when I, I signed a contract to be in the Jazz Fest for three days. So now I'm like, oh, I sold 60. Now it was a great feeling. But then on the other part of the business part, I'm like, okay, I got two more days here. I only got five. And the five I had there, I won't sell for nothing. You can't sell them. That's all oh, oh, the, oh, the ones you got hanging here now. The one I got hanging out. Okay, because these are what make me from who I am. You this see? part of your story. That's exactly. And I don't sell them. People come, they can order them, I make them for them. You see? But I do not sell them. And that's why I had the five to show. So what I did was, I had the show, and I sat down there with blank pieces of wood, and I say, Tell me what you want, <laughs> and I will do it for you. So now you got to be creative now. Dude. And fast. Now watch this. Blank board, right? See us? Blank. I'm sitting there to say, well, I want to do a little cabin like you here. You done sold all of them. I say, okay, so you want a cabin like this, okay? And you want that Spanish moss on it like this, okay? I say, you want a cabin house, okay? And you want a cistern on it. See, that's how they kept the water back in the day. The water ran off the roof. Yeah, so we got that. Okay, here we go. I said, this is what you want? They said, just like that. How much that cost? See, now I put the name on it. When I go back home, I carve it out, get it done, and I ship it to them. And the guess name, what? You put the name and address on it? I get everything. Oh, trust me. It's the, now. Are you telling me it's going to be a deposit? Oh, absolutely. It's the, it come now just not your labor of love. It's become your business is who you are. So now these people in New York and Chicago, all they know is he's going to do that for me. Now, so, you know, I done paid him. I trust that he's going to get this There money. you go. So think about that for a second. They pay you this money, and you got the name and address and everything, okay? And I'm documented. Then when I get back home, I get it done, and I ship it to them, okay? But, but I, I you, follow up. You, I don't have, you have no pressure on you at that time. Right? No, because once I get the order, I do things as I get them. If you order one this size, or if you order one for 5,000 bucks, the guy that ordered that one for $100, if you order before you, I'm gonna do him first. I just got a certain principle of how I operate, or what I do. And you can say, man, look, uh, you know, Tyler Perry wants you to do this for him. You know he could pay you. I said, yeah, I'm gonna do it. But also, the same guy that worked here for the city, and he wanted me to do one for $200, he gonna pay me too. But he came first, and that's how I run my life and my business the same way. So if you contact me first and you tell me what you want to do, and I got it. When I tell you I got you, I got it. Well, and I work well, them I, just I, that I way. I respect that. You see? And cool. I don't let, you know, influence or things or, you know, how great or, or importance that other people say people are. To me, everybody's important. Would you realize all that stuff is relevant anyway? Yeah. So who, who determines that, you know? Everybody got what? A story. I tell you, I'm capturing people's stories in the history. Everybody got a story. See that guy that want to spend that $200 that worked for the city 
okay? And he's buying what he could afford to buy and do, but he's got a story he want to capture, and it means something to him, right? It means something to him. This guy over here that could buy one for 10,000 bucks, right? I'm going to get his money too, but my point is, it's no more important to me than this guy because I'm going to create what he wants because I'm capturing his story and do, and he's going to tell everybody, Mr. Watson did this for me. This is all I could afford to do, and he worked with me, and he got it done. That means more to me than somebody who could afford to buy a uh, hundred of them, you know, and may not have the same big meaning as this to him. But I do it that way. First come, I put it down and do it, okay? Just like I told you about these people that want them for Valentine's Day. So if you tell me you want for Valentine's a special day, I'm going to make that happen for you. That's how important you are to me. I'm going to make it happen for you on that date and time, and I'm going to get it done. Now, what about the Jazz Festival in 2023? Well, they, they, they are trying to put their they lineup together, all the musicians and all of that, and right now they are getting a schedule of artists to come in and do. You know, me, I'm always got something to do. If I don't do that Jazz Fest, I'm going to do it somewhere else. Sometimes sometime I like going to different spots and different places because I can't be everywhere. And to me, you could say, Jazz Fest got 70,000, 80,000 people. Do I need 70,000, 80,000 people? I ain't going to do 70,000, 80,000. That'll kill you. You understand? So what I'm saying is whoever I'm in front, they are my audience and they are important to me. You know, just like that group came here today, they want me to come to What's that? That's the nursing home? St. James. St. James? St. James place. They want me to come there because they know it would be interesting to the people there and it give them some activity, some entertainment. You see? And I understand that. Remember, I... But also, you've done work for so many great people, even for the governor of Louisiana. Oh, yeah. Now, now tell a story about... I've done for... I can even give you one better yet. You remember when Pope John Paul was making his first trip to the States. Oh, yes. And he was coming down to New Orleans. Okay. That was one of my greatest moments, too. I decided everybody was trying to create something for the Pope. But what got me was I was looking at TV, and somebody in Texas was making special cowboy boots for the Pope. Yeah. And they was going to give it to the Pope. Okay? Special cowboy boots with all of the... And I said, wow. Texas is no more important than Louisiana, because guess where he's coming? To Louisiana, New Orleans, right? Down there with Archbishop Hannah, right? I said, I'm going to make a special carving for the Pope. So what I did was, I got a picture of the Pope. I put it on a 150-year-old cypress board, and I carved him out. Did a portrait of the Pope. When I did that, the news people got news and wind of it. They said, oh my God, you can ask any price you want. So, uh, how many you got? I said, only one. They said, you ask any price you want. We want to capture your story about you carving it for the Pope. So when I got on TV and I was telling them, I said, I'm glad everybody love it and like it, but it's not for sale. They said, not for sale? I said, not for sale. I want to give this to the Pope on behalf of everyone who lives in the great state of Louisiana. Texas is giving them cowboy boots. You understand? I got this 150-year-old cypher board that I got the carving of the Pope in, and I want to give the portrait of the Pope to the Pope. I don't want nobody else to have it or buy it. I'm not trying to make a dollar of it. I want to give it to the Pope on behalf of Louisiana. That made news, right? Where it went. So, now here, I didn't know that I can't walk up to the Pope. <laughs> okay? 
I didn't know. I'm still on country boy. I don't realize. I, I'm still yeah, I just do what I do, and the impact, the impact. So the news got involved, and everybody got involved with it, and everything. Uh, Smiley Anderson, you remember him? Yes. Smiley Anderson said, "Well, listen, let's reach out to some people. Let's see how we could get it to the public. This is what you want to do. So you know, everybody's trying to help me do this because I don't know how to go about doing it. I just know if I put it out there." You know, and I didn't just want to send it off to somebody and don't know where it's going or whatever. So what they did was they rushed out to Archbishop Hannah. Because who the Pope was going to be with? Archbishop. And I couldn't get to the Pope and people that couldn't get around him and everything else. So we got it all wrapped up and done. Got it down there. And the Archbishop gave it to the Pope. Henry Watson. Think about that. It's a Watson. It's a Watson. And when that carving got back, to the Vatican, and he hung it in the Vatican. <laughs> How about that? You can't go wrong, brother. <laughs> Henry Watson, hanging in the Vatican. Did you send your picture of it? Wait, I got news for you. I got news for you. Not only did he send me a picture, the Pope wrote me a letter, handwritten and signed on the Vatican seal. What Pope was that again? Pope John Paul II. And he handwritten it, and he signed it. Okay, on the Vatican paper, everything. Now, I didn't know nothing about all that, right? See, how do I know what the, the, the official Vatican seal paper looked like, right? Okay, so here it comes, and I get the letter and all of that. You gave the regular bill? Well, it, yeah, I got it through. I, I, when it came to me, it came to my P.O. Box house, and, and they got it to me. And I saw that, that seal saying, from the Vatican. I got all excited. So I opened it up and do, and I saw that. And I started reading. I said, wow. I said, look at here, y'all. Y'all ain't going to believe this. I got a letter back from the Pope. I'm showing it to everybody. Man, people say, what are you doing? I said, I'm showing you. Look at this. They say, you, let, you don't let people handle that? I said, what you mean? So yeah, you got to preserve I, this stuff. I'm not Catholic, right? Okay. I'm Baptist. You know, my family, we're Baptist. But, so I didn't know. You know, and so the priest told me, he said, I had never shook hands or got close to the Pope. He said, you got an official Vatican seal, do. You don't let everybody handle this. Not everybody get this. Mr. Watson, this is valuable, and everybody don't have a handwritten signature from the Pope. You, you... <laughs> Put that up. That is valuable. And he's got it written to you. And that's when I realized how important. So when I started telling people I got it, they say, well, where is it? You? I, well, what I did was I went and made a copy of it. Oh, yeah, they can read the same thing. And I put the original up uh -huh. because what I didn't know with the Vatican seal and everything, you know, he said, well, people have awes on their hands. You don't want all of that. He said, one day this is going to be in a museum somewhere, Mr. Watson. Think about it. I said, see, you got to be able to think about it. See, so now I put it up, and I show people the copy of it, and so they can read it and see it, you know. And and uh, you got to send me a copy. Now. I got. I'm gonna have to send you a copy so you can see it. I got to get a copy now. Absolutely okay. right. I, yep. And okay, we got to finish up, my friend. And so. Okay. Yep. No, no, we got it. We, the time that went by was like we don't even know. <laughs> you know. So what yes, you sir. say? Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of Count Time. Well, I thank you for coming, and I thank you for sharing my story. So the folks can know all roads leads to new roads. <laughs>
<laughs> all right. All roads leads to do roads. We're going to leave that right there. Thank you, Brother Watson. All right. Okay, because it friend. is a Watson, right? That's correct. All right, then. Thank you. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time Podcast.